lives over there on uh, that, that shelf. Over this there. is where it lives. Yeah, well, I can't read, so it's gonna live on the floor for now. That's fine. All right, you can drink your Jocko during my podcast. I'm actually contractually obligated to drink a Jocko Go on every well, podcast. Well, this is I go gonna on. be jo- Jocko Willink. Listen to me and listen to me well. This will be your only free advertisement on my podcast. So yeah, get the time in while you can. <laughs> Dude, it's great. Have you had one? Yeah, I did. They're really, they're amazing. They were no free advertising, but they are incredible. Yeah, I'm currently sponsored by Starbucks, unfortunately. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, you're not. Well, I am, but Jocko could try to steal me, you know. I do need money, so he can talk to me. They're amazing. My phone is on, so just tell him to call me. I know a guy. But uh, first off, we're going to talk about your... Yeah. Rotate the mic a little bit to your face. Like, like pull, like up a little bit. Like, yeah, like oh no, no, oh, like, like just yeah, there they go. That uh, access. Pointing it at your mouth. That gimbal right like this. Yeah. And so. then um, pull it in a little bit. Like that. Dang it! <laughs> Did it do what I wanted it to do? How about this? What this? Um, move it this way a little bit. What this? Perfect. Didn't have to. It didn't matter if it covers my face. I don't care. All it's, right. Good to go. Whenever you're ready. Okay. I want to talk about your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, BJJ, whatever you call it. You just competed. Uh-huh. How did, was it, is it Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or is it something else? <laughs> yeah, I, just, I call it Jiu-Jitsu. Um, Why not Brazilian? I mean, nothing against them. It's just uh, I just – Jiu-Jitsu is faster to say. BJJ is, is quick but um, – Okay, sorry Brazilians. No, there's Continue. there's a lot of American jiu-jitsu going on right now, you know, that that we can be really proud of. But I love the Brazilians. Like uh my coaches are Brazilian and they're all awesome. So, no um no, I just say jiu-jitsu. Um but yeah, so we had a Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition <laughs> in Pittsburgh yeah. and um it was in Pittsburgh, huh? It was like right outside Pittsburgh, like you can call it Pittsburgh I've if you want. I've been impressed with Pittsburgh every time I've been there. You've been impressed or you I, haven't? I have not been. It's the first town in the Midwest. Mm, are you sure about that? I think so. I think it's the first city in the Midwest. But the, uh, as someone who's from the Midwest, I would vehemently disagree with you. Well, what's what makes Pittsburgh not the Midwest? Um, it's not the Midwest in any sense of the word. Culturally, hundred percent not. Culturally, geographically, no way. Well, geographically, not really. But like culturally, I'd say that it's the like I said, it's the first one that kind of checks that box. I know a lot of people. From Pittsburgh, most of my friends in State College are from Pittsburgh, and no. One of the characteristics of being a Midwest city is pointless filler words like yins, and you know, yeah, and you betcha. I'd agree with that. Don't you know? But I wouldn't say that Pittsburgh falls into the same category. I think it's a city that wants to claim Midwest whenever it's convenient. But then they also want to act East Coast <laughs> they, whenever they, it's convenient. Okay, all right. Well, then what's the first city in the Midwest? I mean, that's maybe an impossible question. I think it's Pittsburgh. I think Isn't past it... Pittsburgh, it just changes. Because, like, you're obviously, when you get to Philly, you're like, oh, I'm East Coast as much as, you know, you this can get. This is why I said I need my map. I'll tell you what the first city in the in the, in the the East is. Okay. Midwest. So we're in the Midwest. It's Youngstown, Ohio. I haven't been to Youngstown, Ohio. It's Youngstown, I can't, Ohio. I can't is the first comment. Town, first town in the Midwest. Going going west. Geographically or culturally? Both. Have you spent a lot of time there? No. 
but I'm a Midwesterner, and so I know. Okay. Just tell us how your VJJ competition. I went, uh, yeah, as another Midwesterner, I just anyway. So it went well. So I entered the expert division, and the first competition I went to, I entered the expert the division. Expert division. What is that? Is that like senior level? It's for like wrestling. Uh, sure. It it goes more more by belt. So it's like purple, brown, black is the expert oh, division. Okay, yeah, that makes, well, that would make sense. Yeah, so I'm a blue belt, so I can enter the intermediate division if I want to, right? Okay. But from the first competition I did, I entered the expert division. So now I'm like, I can't take a step backwards. I just got to keep going, right? Yes. And um, I would rather lose to high-level competition than – Be low-level competition. Yeah, and not compete against, like, people that I know I can, like, hang with. Yeah. So – I went out. Um, you want to push the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. You push the limit. Yeah. And if you just zoom way back, like a loss – like this is my second jujitsu competition ever. Like a loss is going to be way more beneficial than just a win against opponent that I could just get in the gym. I would agree. Right? So anyway, uh, went out. I had a bye first round. Second round, I uh, went up against somebody, shot in, body lock, took him down, got right into like a head and arm choke. And then took his back, choked him out. That was, you know, pretty much just went according to plan, pretty clean. And then the next one was the finals. So that one was wild. Um, It was against this brown belt. And going into the competition, like, some of my teammates were like, hey, dude, like, he's he's really good. He's a good wrestler. He's got good foot locks. Yeah, but – And he's been doing jujitsu his whole life. Pause real quick. Whenever someone who's not – didn't grow up wrestling, they say, hey, he's a good wrestler, I almost always just – completely dismiss that you do have to take it with a grain of salt but yeah. these are this is coming from one of my teammates who did wrestle okay and he's a good wrestler okay so um basically <laughs> he's um we go out and i'm like thinking to myself like okay like we'll match wrestling with wrestling and then i got to be careful with his foot locks he's a brown belt so he's gonna be good um and as we get on the line he like we like bump hands and we're like starting the match and he goes, Hey man, do you know Sean Kyle? And I'm like the guy that was literally telling me like, Hey, he's a good wrestler and uh you know, like what you know, he's good, got good footlocks. Wait, he told you this while you're wrestling? No, 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 while like as we're like shaking hands and At, starting. That's what I mean. Yeah, he's like, Hey man, you know Sean Kyle? And I'm like, Uh yeah. But I was like I was I was in a good headspace. Like I was relaxed and ready to go. If I was like tight and like being like you know, competition mode, um, like over it competition mode, I would have like, it would have thrown me off, but I was just kind of so relaxed. And, he, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, he's good people. And I'm like, okay. And then what happened? You, then you started. No, well, he, he was kind of doing this, I think, to throw me off my rhythm because he was. Um, <laughs> he, Tell me this. Is he like a competitor or does he have like a job? Um, or does I, he compete? Like, is is competing his job? I don't know. I think his dad owns the MMA gym that he trains at. So I have no uh, idea. But um, anyway, so he literally. I think he was trying to throw me off my rhythm. He is a nice guy, but immediately after, I'm like, yeah, he's good. He's like, oh, he's good people. He's like, oh, okay. I'm like, cool. Let's do this. <laughs> like as we're wrestling. That's something only a jujitsu person would. Immediately, say. yeah. But immediately after he says this, he like arm drags me. Nice. And I'm like, ah, oh, shoot. And I kind of let him in on my legs a little bit, and then I. Buck him off my leg, and he got to double unders, which is why I had to double overs throw him. I don't know if you saw the, the video, but I I, I had to do it because I was like, dang, he beat me in this position because I was like, oh, yeah, he's good people as I'm getting arm dragged. 
Um, Dude, you fell for the oldest trick in the book. Oldest man. trick in the Come book. Come on. Yeah. Oh, but you know, I threw him, so it's all good. So I take him down, and then we we kind of have a bunch of exchanges where we go back and forth. Um, he has me in a Kimura. I flip him over, almost get the arm bar. Then he reverses me. I reverse him. It's kind of like a back and forth shootout. I take the lead with like thirty seconds to go, and then There's point system. Yeah. Okay, continue. And then I choke him out with like six seconds to go. What an interesting sport. It's crazy. I was gonna say I can see one hundred percent see someone saying that and then arm dragging you in jujitsu. It just seems like something that would happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? No offense to jujitsuers. They're just a little off in the same way that wrestlers are a little off. I heard something that is I think is is very very accurate. Okay. So um <laughs> jujitsuers are like if surfers went off and started Fight Club. Yeah, 100%. I would agree with that. <laughs> and then wrestlers are just like, if the, I don't know, they're weirdos. I, personally, <laughs> I'm the most normal wrestler that I know. Right. But, uh, yeah. Okay, I want to get off of this topic now. We, we've we covered your uh, sports exploits. It was fun. Well, I will say one more thing. So we were talking about, um, you know, difference between freestyle and folk style and stuff. There are so many different rule sets in jujitsu that I don't even take time to like learn them. So I'm just like I'm riding blind every time, and I'm checking the the score a lot. Yeah, I, I I mean, you would hope that there's at least just a some some constants that you're gonna know that you can score from, right? Taking their back is always good. Yeah, choking like takedowns and wrestling. Like if you get a takedown, you're you're doing okay. Yeah, but sometimes takedowns aren't even like they'll just like pull their guard links it to their butt in jiu-jitsu yeah but that's what i mean submission always wins that's that's what that's that's where i'm at yeah just go submit people choke them out man there you go um okay as you're a millennial uh i'm right on the edge of of gen z and millennial so i i get to claim wherever i want i'm kind of like pittsburgh i can be an east coast city if i want i can be midwest city if i want i don't claim pittsburgh (laughs) um yeah no i'm i was born in 96 so you're 27. Yes. I'm 25. Okay, so yeah, we're young people. We're going to talk about the cultural issues. <laughs> so Barbie Heim- Barbieheimer is what I've been told to say. Personally, I'm just going to say Barbie and Oppenheimer. You didn't see either of them. Yeah. Neither did I. Jimmy saw you, – you saw you saw Oppenheimer, but you wanted to talk about Oppenheimer. Yeah. Did you have a particular direction you wanted to go in here? So I love Christopher Nolan. Like he's, his yeah. movies are incredible. Fantastic. He, he's great at what he does. He's my favorite director. And as a video guy, I get to nerd out on his work. Hundred percent. Um, he made my favorite movie, which is The Dark Knight with the Joker. That's your favorite movie? Yeah. That says a lot, dude. From the first shot of that movie till the end, it's perfect. It's a perfect movie. I feel like they've ruined Batman because they make Batman have to talk in this deep voice. And then I saw the college humor <laughs> skit. About? Yeah, the college humor skit where he's like, <laughs> where are the drugs going? <laughs> and now every time I watch Batman, I just think of the college humor skit and it, I can't take it seriously. Yeah, so I mean, it's it, ruined Batman for okay. me. Okay, all right, that's fair. It gets a little cliche, but extremely. Good, but good things are, you know, cliche. Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Did we talk about this on the last podcast? No, I haven't seen that movie. Oh, you need to watch it today, tonight. It is an incredible movie. Okay. Joaquin Phoenix, that's how you say it, right? Mm. Whatever the actor, I think I said. I know who you're talking about. Everyone knows who you're talking about. He is one of the best actors currently acting. Like, he's incredible. 
He really? did such a good job. He got so into the role. I thought he was phenomenal. That was one of the best movies I think I've seen in a long, long time. So mm-hmm. incredible, incredible performance. But it gives you like a it, there's like serious cultural things that you can relate to, or per, I guess personal things you relate to because he's kind of like lonely. And he struggles with a lot of things that I think regular people struggle with, but then add on top of it, he's insane. Mm. So it's very, I think a lot of people can relate to it. Mm-hmm. And that's why you had afterwards a lot of people posting Joker memes like, oh, I'm the Joker, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm. no, you're not. You're just like, your girl didn't text you back or something. <laughs> uh, but very interesting. Sad clown. Incredible movie. But Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan, do, is there any like particular film traits that Christopher Nolan brings in that you nerd out on? Um, so there's definite, like, he's very good at, at, he's very good at pacing. So like the entire movie, you're like, you're very engaged in what's going on. And, and almost like on, he makes long movies seem short because he keeps you engaged and enthralled the entire time. And then it develops like, he is also very good at, at taking like a, a story, B story, and C story, and having them blend together at the end in a very good way. Yeah. You know, where you don't really like, you're like, oh, like I, I'm following this a little bit, I'm following that yeah. a little bit, but then you're like at the end, you're like, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna intersect, and you can kind of see it coming before yeah. it happens, but okay. then it happens in a way that you're not necessarily expecting. One of my other favorite uh, directors is Tarantino. Tarantino's really good at, at having long dialogue scenes yeah. that are iconic. Right, so like uh, Inglorious Bastards, yes. you're, you're like you're like they're just talking at this dinner party, but I love it. You know what I mean? The the dialogue is so good, and it's it's almost like intentionally dry at yeah. some points because you need the payoff, yeah. right? Whereas no one's no one doesn't necessarily have that. He like moves, he moves the narrative very quickly, and he moves the narrative very intentionally. So then you're like the entire time you're engaged. There's no like there's no down points yes which is like a different type of storytelling both are good they're just yeah. different and he made they're making millions of dollars off Oppenheimer, and i, I want to point out what someone else pointed out three hour movie one explosion millions of dollars <laughs> michael bay is freaking out he's doing everything opposite he's like three hour movie 300 explosions <laughs> yeah, but that's so cool that means you're just a good writer you tell a good story but yeah but, so Oppenheimer is about it's about the atomic bomb right and uh, developing it, I'm assuming. Yes. So, uh, well, I, one, I want to point out that I think it's necessary that we did develop the atomic bomb because someone else was going to develop it. And mutually assured destruction is the – it's essential to keeping the peace. But anyway. Right. Did you have something you wanted to point? No, out? I mean I, was, I would agree with that. I think that's part of the plot in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I, I heard that's part of the plot. But, yeah, 100%. Should we have dropped it, though? Should we drop two of them? <sighs> Well, that's country, no, that's opening a, a can of worms. Two things. One, we're not in the 1940s. We're not in World War II. We don't know the situation. Mm, yeah. Two. We kind of know the situation because there's history books. and Well. It's not that long ago. Well, the winners write the history books. That's exactly what I mean. So that's what I'm getting at. Here's here's where I'll, – maybe I'll take a, a, a different different place here. But um, culturally, the Japanese people – there's like no surrender. Yes. In in samurai culture and you know Japanese culture, there's just there's not surrender. So yes. you kind of have to 
absolutely force them into surrender, yeah. which is one of the things that the history books, you know, that I've that sure. I've read kind of tell us is like they weren't going to surrender. We had to, like, force them to surrender. OK, but what if we just let them not ever surrender? So for example, what if we put them in a current present day North Korea situation in which we blockade them? We just keep them. We keep them totally isolated from the rest of the world. Uh, I think we had already beat their Navy by that point. Mm -hmm. Right. And so at that point you can just isolate them from the rest of the world. You don't have to do anything. Now I understand that there's moral victories and personally, I think they just wanted to try it out. Mm. Well, it's also, there were also certain generals that once they saw the power of the atomic bomb, they wanted to continue to use the atomic bomb. That's scary. Uh, MacArthur, for example, I think it was in Korea it was I think it was in Korea. He wanted to nuke the entire line of the Korean Peninsula so the Chinese couldn't come through, mm -hmm. or the Manchurians or whoever it was. I think it was Korea. I'm, I'm almost positive. Mm -hmm. But he wanted to use it as literally a tactical bomb, just like we would any other kind of bomb. Right. And he wanted to use it as like area exclusion. So he was like, "Let's keep using these things. We have them." Right. Um, which is. Interesting. Obviously, one of the great generals, great American heroes, also bloodthirsty. Yeah, clearly. So, no, I don't. Uh, I personally, I am. I used to be totally different. Mm -hmm. I used to think no, or we needed to use it because they wouldn't surrender. But now that I think about it, I'm like, well, why did we need them to surrender? We had already beat the navy. Now, I'm sure I'm leaving out some tactical stuff. Yeah. Whatever. But we didn't necessarily. Maybe they were developing some weapons. I don't know what their capability was at the time. Right. But um, because so, for example, if they can project power off of the island of Japan with uh, their own nuclear weapons or with long range bombers, that would be an issue. But it's my understanding that we kind of had them beat and that they were kind of, you know, at the point where they were just defending their islands and stuff. So, right. That's my personal thoughts. I don't know. I'm. It's very, it's very interesting. The the kind of what you were saying countered what I was going to pop in and say is basically like, well, we also we know that at the end of World War II, what was happening, we had a rising conflict potential with, with the Soviet Union with the Soviets, right? Ah, uh, that makes sense. So if we were gonna, if it's like, hey, we kind of want to use these bombs, it's like, yeah, we also might have wanted to use these bombs so that we told the Soviets like, Hey, we've got these things, right? You're darn right about that. Yeah. Like we've that, got a big like, stick, like yeah, chill. Um, so that I think definitely played a factor into their decision-making where it's like, all right, look, we have to kind of beat them into submission. We have to get them to surrender. Um, and maybe that was even just their excuse is like, they're not going to surrender unless we absolutely decimate them. And let's show, the Soviet Union that we have this weapon so that they don't mess with us and they kind of like follow on. I think, I think you're probably exact right on with that. I think that's probably definitely a factor yeah. because I know that we, there's a, once again, one of our generals wanted to, they wanted to keep fighting. So after we beat the Germans, they wanted to go all the way to Moscow mm -hmm. and keep fighting the Soviets, which I don't, I can't even blame them for because the Soviets were uh, like uh, Stalin. They were just as evil as, the uh, Germans were in, mm -hmm. in World War II and, and responsible for more deaths. But, um, well, now we're in Ukraine and we have the threat of 
atomic bombs being used. We're using munitions now. We're using these cluster bombs that we said would be war crimes. Now we're using them. Dude. So now we're at a point where there's – if you're Russia, are you going to take a loss to Ukraine or are you going to use a tactical nuclear weapon? This is um, this is what the government does that I noticed that they're just like – it's all – everything's a slow drip. Everything's a slippery slope. Yeah. And, you know, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile, right? But, but like, if we rewind to yeah. the beginning of this conflict, right, it was like, we support Ukraine, but we're not going to get involved. And now it's like, forget about, well, I mean, that was the narrative at the beginning yeah, of this, yeah. right? It was like, well, I can't believe Russia would do this. We support Ukraine, but it's like, we're not going to create World War Three and get involved in this conflict. Now we're funding the entire freaking thing. And it's like... Wait, I, did you see that word that Biden called up reserves to send to Europe? So I want to know what's up with that. Oh, man. Now, I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure there's a reason. Yeah, we're going into Ukraine. My That's dad, the reason. My dad was in the military, mm-hmm. and I tell him these things, and he's like, no, like, a lot of times there's something that I never even thought about that yeah. something in the military. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. it could be for any reason. You know, it could be because they're doing training exercises. What, Like, who knows? Who knows? But – yeah. Terrible optics, man. You're calling in reserves to send to Europe it's at bad. the same time as everyone's concerned that we're too heavy in a war in Europe right now. Yeah, which is uh, it's just it's bad optics. Plus, you're sitting cluster bombs, which you said were going to be war crimes. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not great. No, it's not good. The the other, I've got a uh, a couple friends in the army, and I'm like, hey, when you guys start marching, just let me know. Just give me a little heads up. Yeah, you know, send me a little snap. <laughs> and, it probably uh, won't, but no. Well, I this was at the beginning of the conflict, and they're like, "Yeah, man, we're not close to that at all." Honestly, it's not. It's not going to happen. And I'm like, "All right, just like keep me updated because yeah. uh, things escalate." And we've been going on this conflict for a while that like it's almost like white noise. Like we're a little tuned out to it because there haven't yeah. been. It's like okay, cluster bombs is like that's a development, but at the same time, there haven't been like major developments that we're aware of, other than they're sending our money there. And they're using more advanced weaponry. My dad was right about everything because whenever Russia was amassing on Ukraine's border, I think everyone was like, oh, it's just for show. Russia does this, blah, blah, blah. No one really knew. And then I asked my dad about it. I was like, so why are they doing this? He was like, they're going in. I said, what do you mean? Everyone says they're not going in, and that's just for show. Yeah. But he said, no, they have enough stuff on the border right now to go all the way to Brussels, and they're going in. So my dad was right about it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, did you see in Moscow there's residential buildings being bombed by drones? No. Yeah, there's a residential building that was bombed by, by Ukrainian drones. drones. Or are they American? I don't know. Oh my god. I mean, Ukrainian for purposes of for legal purposes. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like the United States Air Force and there's somebody in Ukraine with a stamp. And they're just stamping the Ukraine yeah. flag over the U.S. Well, the U.S. of A. Someone, they're sending it into battle. Uh, this is what I get concerned about because someone said that, well, there was secret government operations going on in that apartment building. Okay, maybe. But whenever mm. a Russian drives by and sees an apartment building blow out, what are they thinking? They're thinking someone just bombed an apartment building. Bad optics. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Are we not thinking about this stuff? Well, you can also bomb an apartment building and then be like, all right, let's tell them it was like you know special. This is why I feel like this is why I feel like people want like I feel like people want war. Well, there like are that. certain people that definitely want war. We did I thought Ukraine their whole thing was we're not going to strike in Russian territory. Uh, I don't know. We're just defending our territory. That was the whole the whole thing. 
We're just if, oh yeah, we're not gonna like fight back. We're not gonna like progress into Which, their territory. If you're Ukrainian, I disagree. I say, okay, well, we have to progress. Like, you want to win the war any way you can, which I understand. But also, yeah. if we're providing the armaments for them to strike in Russian territory, that's a whole different world. We're definitely, uh, from a perspective of someone who's not in the military, from the perspective of a regular person, a regular person who pays attention yeah. to world politics, I it feels like we're at war with Russia. We're just not the ones dying. Mm. The Ukrainians are the ones dying. Right. Um, and that's scary because we're like, we're like two steps I mean, really, we're one step away, but um, we're two small steps away from there was, World there War was Three strikes three hundred feet from the Romanian border the other day. That's that's another country that's not involved, and that's it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You and you got to worry too because you have um, uh, Belarus mm-hmm. who's right there, and they're not technically in the war, but um, they could be if you know the Wagner Group or troops were to come down, which. I don't know if you are familiar with the map, but Belarus is, you know, right here. Yeah. And then Kiev is like right there. So Belarus is like two feet from Kiev. Right. And so it's if, right on if the edge. Russia, and that's where the Wagner Group, who just tried to commit that coup, that's where they are right now. And that's like Russia's best troops. And they're two feet from Kiev right now. And so you do that. And now, but you have to worry because if Belarus decides to go in or Russia decides to go in through Belarus, then Poland might get involved you know what i mean so it's you you're on the precipice of this massive war in europe and i but i'm so confused i'm confused about everything because on one end they're saying well it's not a big deal because um it's just between russia and ukraine and it's going really well and um russia's losing blah 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 so that's on one end and on the other end it's like well we have to keep sending millions of dollars and you know we have to make sure that we send our reserve troops, and we have to make sure we have to we got to worry about Poland going in, blah blah blah. So is it good? Is it is it going good or is it going bad? Because I'm getting both stories. Yeah, um, I don't I don't think it's going well because in my head, going well is de-escalation. Like yes. I don't I don't want war, you know, and I and I don't want this to escalate. And there are a lot of people that are in decision making positions that want this to escalate. Well, here's here's another thing, is you have. Obviously, everything that comes out of Russia, the Russian state media, mm-hmm. is propaganda. Do people? Uh, but yeah. then, but then we're supposed to believe that everything that comes out of our media isn't propaganda. No, it totally is propaganda. So we're not really getting. There's very few places where you're actually getting the true story. You're just getting propaganda from everywhere. Yep. And and your country's giving you propaganda too. That's something to remember. Yep. Um, which look, if it's a, <laughs> if it's a moral war. Sometimes you gotta use a little propaganda. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Well, everything's pro- like if you if you zoom back a lot, I think everything's propaganda, right? Like there's every because everything that's being told through media has some type of of an opinion behind it. If it's got any teeth, right? And anything that any story I use this example all the time. Like any story you see, you're gonna have one news station that there are five facts of the story. They're gonna harp on three of them demonize one of them as like that's not really true and then just not even mention one of them and then on the other side they're gonna the facts that were not mentioned or harped on yeah uh or you know demonized demonized they're gonna harp on those as like benefits right and then they're gonna demonize the other points right so it's it's like it's counter if it's counterintuitive to the other side right but everything i think 
everything in our media. Everyone's like, oh, everything's so polarizing right now. It's like I think we're just basically getting more media so it's more apparent and more obvious that everything is like this. We're also getting independent media with comedians that don't necessarily have agendas. So then we're seeing – True entertainment, which isn't propaganda, we're just yeah. seeing their opinions, right? Raw opinions, unthought out, un like, yeah. you know, I didn't practice this spiel that I'm giving right now, right? We don't know, right? Um, so at the same Comedy's time, you're pretty powerful. What? Comedy's pretty powerful. Comedy's pretty powerful, but we're getting we're getting stuff that's not propaganda; it's just opinions, and then we're getting well thought out, orchestrated propaganda where everyone's given the same script to say. And then all the newscasts sound the exact same. So, have you, have you seen that video of all the newscasts, like the hundreds of them lined up, and they say the exact same thing? Exact same it, thing. That's scary. And they're all sponsored by Pfizer. So, like, yeah, they are. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're getting very clear ideas of like this is propaganda, this is independent media, right? And so, like, if you look at oh wait, what is independent media? It's anything that's not propaganda. Yeah. So. That's well, and, that's and, the way I see. It. I see. I think that it's like, yeah, the Russian media's uh, government is putting out all this propaganda. It's like, yeah, we're doing the exact same thing. It's pot calling the kettle black. True, I I would agree. And I think if you want to find the truth, you find you see what everyone's saying, and then you see what's in common, and whatever everyone is saying is probably close to the truth. But then that leaves you with very little because most of the time people are saying to complete Fox News and CNN are. Actually, Fox News is more in line with CNN these days. But, like, CNN and The Daily Wire are yeah. saying Com- – Stark opposite. They live in different worlds. Yeah. But if you can find something that both of them are saying, then that's probably something that is – Worth true. looking at. That's worth looking at. That's, like, maybe the the takeaway from it. You There's even, I mean? like uh, – so, basically, my my mom's generation, they – it's like, what do they demonize? Well, they demonized weed. Our generation is like, oh, they're trying to legalize it everywhere, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, there are medicinal effects. It's like, listen, I don't think there are medicinal effects, all right? But it's also not like – The devil's lettuce. Exactly. So, like, I'm just using that as an example. Like, there's there's things with our generation where we're probably getting demonized on certain things, right? Just like uh, my grandmother's generation, cigarettes, it's good for you. No, it's not. It's bad for you. Yeah. Doctors recommend. No, they don't. Right. So, like, you you zoom out. You look at a long enough time scale. Cigarettes are gross. Cigarettes are disgusting. You look at a long enough time scale. There's certain things in our generation where we were told, you know, one thing by one uh, news source, another thing by another news source, or maybe even the same message by both news sources, but it was inherently false. Um, but. Uh, you talked about comedians for a second. Comedians are, first of all, comedy is gaining huge popularity. Yeah. But because people watch these comedians, a lot of times they'll get news through their comedians. Like, uh, yeah. Tim, Tim, uh, Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon. People will get news through Tim Dillon. I get news through Tim Dillon. That's, that's what I mean. But then he's joking about it. <laughs> he's making fun of everything. And in, he, in particular, I think, does a decent job. But there's other people that are getting news from comedians, and but it's comedy. And yeah. so, like, that's a weird spot that we're in people are getting news from comedy but anyway like comedians but it's also like powerful too because if you can make fun of something and make someone laugh then that's going to put them on a particular side of the issue that's why saturday night live is so i think instrumental Mm. yeah in in politics is because if you make fun of george bush all the time i think or or you that's gonna and you make people laugh at him yeah that's gonna have a negative connotation in people's minds but you know 
why it didn't work with Trump because Trump's funny, man. He's, <laughs> he's, he's like a comedian. All of his rallies are stand-up comedy routines. They're yeah. not. They're not. It's not a political rally. It's a stand-up comedy routine. It's hilarious. It's, it's entertainment. So funny. Yeah. And I think that's why he gets a lot of people on his side. Which uh, Trump just got indicted. Yeah. For January, he, he's getting. They're throwing everything now. Everything at They're him. They're throwing everything at him. And they've even delayed some of this stuff intentionally so that yeah. it would happen in an election year. It's yeah. like it's the same playbook every year. So he's going to be – it's going to be – talking about optics. It's going to be bad optics for, for the Trump campaign because he's going to be in court and then at a rally and then in court and then at a rally and then in court and then at a rally because they're, yeah. they're, they're trying to get him for so many different things. The thing is it's like it's – as much as I like – I don't want to completely be like, oh, yeah, like I'm a huge Trump guy. It's just the system like trying to kill him. Like it's a system that's attacking him Dude, because he goes against the system. I and look, I'm not I'm not like completely in line with with everything. Like, but at the same time, like I don't like the system and I don't like the way yeah. that the system tries to control everything. So it's almost like by default, yeah. you put me in Trump's camp because it's like you're trying to that's... systematically kill him. But all of these things that are. Dude. Pretty much BS. There's so many people that are like lukewarm on Trump, but then they'll be like, "Oh, you know, I don't think he did that wrong." And then everyone's at them like, "You love Trump? You're a Nazi? <laughs> You're a Nazi because every you said, word he's ever said, yeah. you support." That's uh, what I mean. Oh, you agree with Trump that the sky is blue? You must be a Nazi. So, <laughs> and then everyone's like, wait, what? No, I'm just – you love Trump. You're, I was like, we were just having a good conversation. You're a criminal. You're an insurrectionist. <laughs> and it's like, what? Okay, well, I guess I – and then you get forced into being You're kinda a like, Trump guy. In your head, I guess I am. Yeah, th- so that's what I mean. It's like, okay, well, if they believe that anyway, like no, okay. but I ca- I can't buy into that because if you don't have critical thinking skills to think through that situation, okay, then I yeah, can't have a, I can't have a meaningful conversation John, with you anyway. How many Americans have critical thinking skills? <laughs> We're on. getting to the root of the issue. <laughs> no, none Our of education them. Education system is dead. It's it's terrible. Our culture is it's dead okay. or dying. So so I've noticed something that that is very very valuable. So very valuable to me anyway. When you come across somebody that's programmed and you have any type of like disagreement with them, they will send you like paragraphs through Insta DMs that are like this long. And it's like going through all of the things that Who they've been – Who are you messaging on Instagram? All the things that they've been programmed to say. Like any yeah. – um, you haven't experienced this? No. Well, so I, um, so I posted a video before the 26th. 20- 20 election i guess i think you're canceled i think that's why you're not getting these and it DMs. was a little it was a video of trump dancing so it wasn't political at all it was him <laughs> dancing to, <laughs> so political to say i thought it was funny i posted it i lost a lot of followers and some people were like oh like how do you feel about supporting a racist blah 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 blah, blah. and i would ask i'd be like well i don't really see any evidence that he's a racist but i'm i'm well i'm open to you telling send me, me send me some information. send me something yeah. and they they didn't have anything for me no. but like you said their program it's a programmed line you yeah know what i mean it's it's trump is racist because everyone tells me he's racist no one bothers to even find out for themselves right do you know what i mean which whenever you do end up it's hard to go and try to find out things for yourselves because usually what happens is you find out that your own side is also wrong about things. Yes. And like, I understand that my own side is wrong about some things and that was really hard for me to, well, that's why you don't fully claim that side. That's why I'm a registered independent. There you go. You know what I mean? But anyway, back to the indictment stuff. Here's my personal 
view. I think every politician by default should be investigated for crimes after they leave office. Everyone. They should be investigated and it should be there should be you should assign a prosecutor from the other side and they should do whatever they can to put this person in jail that way we'd have totally clean politicians but no it's the opposite it's that well you're never supposed to you're never supposed to indict or you're never supposed to investigate politicians because that would go against democracy so it has to be one way or the other. It can't be in between. But instead, stupid argument. But at the yeah. same time, you're gonna like you're probably gonna find something, right? Even if it wasn't necessarily from them, it was maybe their oversight or something like that. But you're gonna find something with a good enough legal team, um, and then good. Well, then we're gonna maybe that should be maybe that should be maybe you should spend some time in jail as part of your public service. <laughs> well, I'm gonna counter it. Then, so then you might improve the prison system too, which is crap. Uh yeah, well we can get. We I'm can, solving the world's issues. We can go down that rabbit hole. You're pointing them out. I wouldn't say you're solving them. We're definitely pointing I'm them out them. though. So, so, so the the first thing is like, okay, well, first off, you're gonna put a lot of mistrust in politicians, right? If you completely, if you're constantly, uh, isn't that a good thing? Well, I don't think that. No, no, I'm, I'm. I'm countering it from their perspective. Okay, like go if ahead. you don't, if play devil's advocate, go. Well, they don't want you to 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 um, research and uh, go after foreign politicians because now you're like mistrusting the system. They benefit from trust in the system, right? If you don't trust the government, then you don't want to give them more government funding and you don't want to give them more money, which is what they want. They want gained influence. They want gained that, capital. See, this is why. This is why we're we're never nothing's ever going to get better in this country is because we assume that it's a default position that you don't want to give your money to the government but there's half of america is like take more of my money daddy well, no they're taking they more say. of the billionaires money okay well yeah true but yeah but i think they would happily pay more tax i wouldn't mind paying more taxes if i thought it went to some if i thought it valuable went to good places yeah you know what i mean like people in certain european su- countries pay much higher tax rates and I think Americans, we make fun of them for that. But then you go there, and it's really nice because it goes to the right places. It, it pro- most of the time, most I think time. sometimes it goes to the wrong places. But I, there's more money in America than God has ever seen, and it goes, <laughs> and and we're sending more money to Ukraine than God has ever seen. And so there's all this money that goes to the wrong places, and and uh, yeah. But so, but we assume that the default position should be well, well. Like the default position of a human would be okay. Well, if I'm paying you more money, where's it going? But yeah. it's not. No, well, we're it's, robots now. Well, uh, it's also like I'm. Uh, we talked about this last time, like the <laughs> dark side of capitalism, and which I support, of course. But the um, nobody's ever been like, "Wow, I'm a really smart, competent person. I've got a lot going for me. I've got so many options. I'm going to go get this government job." You know, that just doesn't happen. So, have you ever tried to mail something from the post office? I run a business. I mail things to the post office all the time. Is that the most inefficient business model you've ever seen in your life? It's incredibly same thing at the uh, the DMV. Same thing at the DMV. Yeah, like that's any, any government. Place, any so place you're putting... you go that's government is usually below standard. Right. So you're. <laughs> yeah, it takes all day and it's awful. Yeah. And everyone's like, everyone feels you like going to the DMV is universal. That's a terrible day. Oh, you had to go to the DMV today. I am sorry. Right. And yeah. so that is that's government. That's government. Yeah. Uh, but yes, so, yes, the DMV sucks. Yes, the post office sucks. But you know where the government wouldn't suck is if they ran our health care system. No, they, 
I'm just kidding. Continue. Yeah. Um. But but then that's another can of worms because that's not like a good situation either because our healthcare system sucks right now too. It's way too expensive and it's run by insurance All I say insurance companies and pharmaceutical companies which don't have your best interest in mind this because is, they're trying is, to keep us sick instead of podcast. get us healthy. It is. This yeah. is another podcast uh, that I would like to talk to you at some point. It's another podcast, but yes, the the bottom line is government runs things and it sucks. And um, but but like I said. I know you're laughing at my. We'll get there. <laughs> Topics on the whiteboard. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. Uh, but it's what bothers me about it is that, like, yes, you're prosecuting Trump for some things which may or may not be crimes. Right. But then you have the Biden family who they're literally just taking bribes, and we have evidence, and it's just like, oh well, let's we'll talk about maybe investigating. Jeremy, maybe. It's bull crap. And this is the thing that the government does is they run distractions. Yeah. And so as soon as this Hunter Biden Social issues. Deal, by the way, Hunter Biden taking bribes, doing crack, <laughs> like just doing everything wrong, paying off his dad's bills, which is we have evidence of it. He texted his daughter saying, uh, you know, you must you should be glad that you don't have to pay my bills like I pay my dad's. So he's literally taking bribes on behalf of Joe Biden and he gets a plea deal. From the DOJ. Well, the judge threw out the plea deal because it was such an easy deal that the judge said, you will never get away with this. And the DOJ was so embarrassed that they said, oh, well, that's not real. And so Hunter Biden's uh, lawyers said, oh, well, if that's not real, then we don't have a deal. So they had to throw out the plea deal because it was such a sweetheart deal. And then I don't at the same that. time. OK, so so Hunter Biden getting prosecuted right he's getting investigated right so by the doj the same doj that is completely politically corrupt in my opinion okay right and so the doj comes with a deal that says you plead guilty and you'll get you know this amount of time blah 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 but right. it was essentially a nothing burger but the deal was so it was a sweetheart deal mm -hmm. it was a sweetheart deal and but the sweetheart deal was not in the plea agreement it was in a different document that's not public well it's not public but the judge who was presiding over the investigation or the case or whatever she can see it and she said i see this this is a sweetheart deal and it's not public and i'm not exactly sure if she said she's going to make it public or whatever but she said she threw she threw it out essentially and the doj was so embarrassed that they said well actually we're, forget about this part of the plea deal the sweetheart part and then hunter biden's lawyers said no no the sweetheart deal is what we're here for and so if there's not a sweetheart deal then we don't have a deal and so now they're back to litigating it essentially from what i understand interesting this is what i understand i'm sure I'm, oh, okay. I'm using the wrong word here or there but that's the the gist of it well you're where i get my news so get it right i i we don't fact check on my show <laughs> we just listen to what i say as bible but anyway at the same time that that story came out right we have this i don't even want to call him a name this government operative named David Grush or Grush comes out and starts talking about aliens. Talking about UFOs and aliens. Oh, distraction. Have you seen this? Distraction, yeah. Have you seen this? Okay. Everyone is out here. Like, we have this guy saying, yep, uh, we recovered non-human craft with, or we recovered alien craft with non-human biologics, blah, 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 being very vague. It was disgusting. Mm -hmm. Being very vague, which, let me just start by saying if you're going to go to Capitol Hill, by the way, he never saw anything. And this is how this always is with aliens. It's always like this guy's brother's uh, friend's 
daughter saw the aliens, and I'm up here on Capitol Hill testifying it. <laughs> if you were going to go on Capitol Hill and testify that we had aliens, you would say, hey, we have alien vessels from space with extraterrestrials from other planets. That's what you'd say. But that's not what he says. He uses a bunch of vague terms yeah. that can be construed as anything. Yeah. And um, it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's running a psyop. It's a distraction. And shame on the American people because we're all acting like no one's ever said they saw a UFO before. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's freaking out about it, saying, oh, there's aliens, there's aliens, including Joe Rogan. Joe, relax, bro. It's, it's, it's Everyone says they've seen UFOs before, and we're acting like this is the first time it's ever happened. It's literally just a distraction, so we don't talk about all of Hunter Biden's crack and money. Well, it's, wow. Yeah. Mic drop. Well, first of all, yes, I would agree. Second of all, that, um, like, he 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 doesn't say it clear cut. He says it vaguely so that we get the conversation going, and everyone's like yes. going back and forth and, on the message he said, board. He said it was a a there was non human biologics on a crap on an off world on an off earth craft, and so the meme going around was there was an ant on a leaf <laughs> flying through the air, and that that would fit the description. It was bull crap. Just <laughs> say meteor. it. Be a man. Say that you guys have. There's a worm on a meteor. S- spacecraft. From that was not made on Earth with extraterrestrial aliens that didn't originate on Earth. Just say it if you're if you're gonna be. But he's not saying that, and no. so that means he's lying and he's distracting. And if you if you're getting tricked by it, shame on you. Wow. Well, the, it's not the first time they've done this either. Too like, uh, do you remember the Black Square campaign? Yeah, I remember the Black Square campaign. On the same day as Hillary Clinton is getting prosecuted in court. Yeah. It's yeah. well, it's a classic. It's it's a classic strategy. A classic strategy. But I I, I want to hear what you have to say about the aliens though. Well, so first of all, shame on me cuz I was like, "Oh, I guess we have aliens now." Shame on you. I was not paying attention to it. I'm busy, all right? But at the at the same time, the um so am I. I'm listening to this guy and people are like like this is this is su-, like I was, some of the comments were like <laughs> this guy is clearly lying, right? Yes, obviously. And then I was like, kind of like, okay, well, what's the motivation of him lying? I didn't know Hunter Biden was on trial, so it totally worked on me. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I don't so, know if he's on trial, but he's being investigated. He's gonna go. He's gonna, there's gonna be a trial, and that was why they gave him a plea deal in order to kind of avoid the whole spectacle. Well, you know, for a while, like Republicans didn't have subpoena power because of the way that the uh, Supreme Court was Dude, I'm, I'm butchering this it's so maybe not stuff. the supreme court but it's like the way that that um uh how many elected officials they had and they didn't have subpoena power but now they have subpoena power so then there's like a whole bunch of things that are coming to light for like the last like four years do that you, we haven't do um, you want to do you want to know something insane and this is this goes to the fact that people don't get the right information just doesn't get did you know that the republican party has not been allowed to have poll watchers in any election for the last 40 years what? I learned this on the Daily Wire a few weeks ago. <laughs> the Republican Party has not had poll watchers in any polling location in the country for the last 40 years. Oh, my God. If people knew that, they would freak out. But I just learned about it. I was like, so you're telling me we've talked about all these elections that weren't fair, that were rigged, blah, 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 and everyone's telling me it's okay. And then you're telling me that the Republican Party hasn't had poll watchers for 40 years? Now, there's obviously poll watchers for, like, the Trump campaign can put poll watchers in there. Hmm. But that means you're missing out 
on the machine of the entire party which you represent i mean that's insane so yes there's news all the time that people don't know about which that's like the biggest news that i've heard in a long time that's crazy that's crazy which was just the republican party not not the democrat just the republican party and there was one judge there's one judge in new jersey that disallowed it for some reason i forget exactly what it was but there's one judge in new jersey that was a federal judge in new jersey that was stopping them from having poll watchers for the last 40 years four zero yeah that's insane it also makes me distrust the um republicans that have been you know uh, elected since then why am i why do you think i'm an independent yeah i'm a i'm a i'm a fiscal conservative i'm say i would say i'm socially middle of the road for the most part even though i'm a christian but it's like you can't trust any of these politicians that's why i say we should prosecute them all yeah i mean i don't i don't disagree with you i think um i credit to the democrats are taking the lead on that by prosecuting trump for everything <laughs> that he's ever done in his life um and look people get mad at me but if you okay if you didn't do anything wrong then what do you have to hide yeah like, if you got clean sheets yeah if you have clean sheets don't worry about it don't worry about it you know what i mean yeah but if you but if people get mad at me for saying that we should prosecute that we should investigate every politician as soon as they get out of office and you say that we shouldn't do that, then all you're saying is that you know that the politicians are doing crap and you want to look the other way. Yeah, well, it's – I mean it's pretty common knowledge I think for anybody that pays attention at all is that it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a pretty corrupt system. They, they know – they don't know exactly how the sausage is made, but they know it doesn't look pretty and they know it's not pretty. And yeah. they know you're going to have to do some stuff to get some stuff done. The other thing is I think that everybody runs on these on these fairy tale, you know – adjustments they're going to make and they actually do anything and well then they step in there and they go this is what's going on yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i mean they drop the the whole manifesto on them and they're like look you're a public figure you're kind of the talking head the face yeah you're not really in charge of what's going on yeah um and uh it's funny i think there was somebody was making the argument that uh the usa needs a monarch because because yeah. then they could be the talking head ruler you know there's and a we monarchist have... party in the united states is there really? There's a monarchist party in the United States. Yes. No way. Yes, there's. What I mean, what, what do they stand for? They stand for making the United States a monarchy. And who who what elected officials are they bringing forth? Um, there no, you don't elect officials. It's a monarchy. Is this the Kennedy? Well, the I, Kennedy family I, is the closest thing we have to a monarchy. I'm not actually sure because there's just like too, there's family. too much like almost like royalty. You can look up. You can look up the American around them. monarchist party. You can look it up, but. It was like the Rockefellers. This is the thing about America that I feel like I feel like we don't we can't actually we don't actually do that much. We just throw money at things. Essentially, is what is what the that's where the power of our government comes. They collect insane amounts of revenue and they throw money at things. They throw money specifically at other countries. Yeah, and so other countries come like China and they go to Hunter Biden and they want influence. Right now, Joe Biden as the vice president doesn't necessarily have that much influence. But the way they understand it to work in other countries is if you know somebody high up, you can get things done. That's how they understand it, and so they're yeah. willing to give money. But how funny would it be if like <laughs> there are all these bribes from Ukraine and uh, and China for Hunter Biden, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, Joe will get that done. And then it gets to Joe, and Joe's like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> Joe can't do anything, and so they paid him all this money, and so now. He's like America's most wanted and China's most wanted because he couldn't even get done what they wanted him to do. That might be why it's so hard to prosecute him. Is like, listen, they paid Joe Biden all this money, what for? But he 
do anything because he's a, he's a career politician and he can't do anything. Dude, that's literally what – like career politicians can't do anything. It's wild. Oh, shoot. We dropped light, but that's okay because we're about to wrap up. So We're a very professional set here. Yes, we are. This is, by the way, first podcast in the new – the new setup. The new setup. You like it? I really like it. I want to set up like this for my place. Mm-hmm. I just don't. There's so many wires here. I wouldn't even know where to start. Here's here's my thing. Uh, yes, we should make your spot nicer. But every time we do a podcast, we should just do what we just did, where we just we film an ocean podcast. We film. Yeah, I agree. But also, I have other people on my podcast. No, I, I uh, of course. But I'm just saying, like, recurring guests, like, we should just I like it to be able to where I can press a button mm-hmm. and then record it and then press stop and then I have the recording and then I can do whatever I want. That's what I like right there. Yeah, we want that too. The problem is I, like, use that camera for work yeah. and then Jimmy's pressing about seven, eight buttons over there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And there's a lot of buttons on the lights. So it's, like, honestly, it's you, you hit, like, 25, 37 yeah. lights and then you're going – um simple easy so well we have one more thing okay first off i just want to plug my company wakia fitness apparel Mm. so um we so hunter biden obviously (laughs) a screw up joe biden having a really rough time um he's losing it and i'll tell you they don't work out in wakia apparel if they did things would be different in this country talk about inflation you want to fix inflation put joe biden in this this wakia t-shirt right here you want to get russia out of ukraine put Zelensky in a freaking wakia t-shirt those guys are out of there and within a day um shop wakia if you use code pod pod at checkout you'll get um i'm pretty sure it's tim am i i don't i'm shocked that i'm actually offering 10 percent off because that's such a great discount for your entire order. But, yeah, POD at checkout. You get 10% off your entire order. Check it out. We have great high-quality fitness apparel to help you reach your needs. My final – I have I have one more thing before you pop into that. Yeah. Um, I bought this very shirt you're wearing right now yeah. off your website. I've been on your podcast. I've listened to every episode, and I still did not use code POD at checkout. <laughs> there's, I have so many codes and discount codes. There's no reason you should ever pay full price on my website. There's literally no reason you should pay full price on my website. Oh no, no, actually, I, so I do, I do want to talk to you about this. So this is, we're we're young, right? We're in our twenties, and we're both business owners. Okay, sure. <laughs> and one thing I would say, I'll describe myself as a business magnate, but. Okay, Continue. we're business magnates. Um, no, but I think that this is this is really important. So, when you first start a business in college, everyone will come to you wanting discounts. They'll want like little, yeah. uh, like oh, can you do it for me for free? Like, yeah. can I have a T-shirt? Oh, I'll throw some gear my way. We've been buddies. Since I'll last wear year. it, bro. If you want, truly want the best for your friend, not only will you pay full price, but you'll order lots of units. You're darn right. You know what I mean? That yes. that's honestly like that's the most authentic version of supporting that person's yeah. company. And if you so, really care about your friend, you'll just write him a check for nothing. All right, I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> I will support. I will support your clothing brand by buying your products at full price I because 
Yeah, because like that's what you do and that and I want to see you succeed, right? Yeah. So it's like I'm not going to ask for a discount. It's not what I can get out of it. It's how I can help you. 100%. That's why I'm paying you thousands of dollars to use the studio. <laughs> All right, the check's in the mail. Check's in the mail. It's going to hit any day now. Uh, but uh, yeah, my, my final thing is that uh, Elon Musk, you and I are at odds right now. I used to be very supportive of you and everything, but I am totally against you. Because I don't have access to my Twitter account because you fired everybody. And I keep sending support emails and I can't get an email back. I'm locked out of my account. I didn't set up two-factor authentication and it's asking me for my two-factor authentication codes, which I don't have because I never set it up. And so I'm locked out of my account. Give me back my account or else I'm going over to Threads. Whoa. No, okay, listen. Now, if you go over to Threads, let's say that you say something and you get canceled there because that's woke Twitter. Threads is woke Twitter. But – no, but meta meta community support is an oxymoron. All right, there's literally nothing. All right, you're you talk about your emails going you unanswered right now. For, are you trying to make the case for Twitter right now because they don't have any support either? Yeah, because they fired those people. Maybe they hired them back. That's more. That is a more likely scenario than Facebook emailing you back. Well, um, the issue is I am locked out of my Twitter account. I'm not locked out of my any of my meta accounts. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Not like that at any of my Meta accounts. I'm not saying that Meta does things right. I'm saying I'm sure they've done a lot of things wrong. But right now, this current situation, I'm not locked out of any of my Meta accounts. They mm. work very smoothly. My Twitter account, I'm locked out of. I can't get into it. Yeah. And I, I want to upload stuff on there. I want to use the new video features. I want to pump. I want to pump the Twitter social. Pump. I want to juice the alg. But I'm locked <laughs> out of my account. And Elon Musk fired everybody, so I can't get back in. They won't. They won't answer my emails. I can't talk to anybody, and I can't get back into my account. I don't know what to do, and I'm just gonna be done with it. I'm gonna be done with Twitter, and I'm just gonna be done with it if I can't get back into my account. No one cares about it. It's a dying platform until I get back on there. Wow, hot take. I want to use "juice the alg" in future sentences. Juice the alg. I like that. That's good Pump stuff. The well, um, I think. So, one, they're in a transition phase. I hope that they hire people back and they make it better user experience because Instagram, great user experience, right? Yeah. And that's why they are massively successful, right? And I, I love using the platform. I love using Instagram. I don't like it when they are I like, hate, I hate this all social media. fact checking, so, false, whatever. I don't like that part. But um, yeah, I would agree. Social media is d- kind of dumb, but it's also like uh, 90% of my job. And uh, so, so, you know, it is what it is. But you, what you lose in user experience over on Twitter slash X, you gain in free speech and great Elon tweets. So, How is it free speech if I can't say anything because I'm locked out of my account? Uh, that's a good point, I guess. We're you got me end. there. You kind of got me a checkmate there. We're going to end on my good point. Pump the Soch, juice the alg. Uh, thanks for listening to Live Wakia and – oh. Subscribe on the Patreon. It's $2 a month. That's literally nothing. That's probably the cheapest Patreon that I've heard of. And you get exclusive access to um, uh, exclusive conversations. You can ask questions that we'll answer on the podcast. $2 a month. You probably spend like $5 a day on Starbucks, which is ridiculous. I spend $6 a day on Starbucks. You should spend it on Jocko Go. Uh, Like I said, that's the last free ad. Go subscribe. All kinds of exclusive content. Plus, ask a question, any question, and I'll answer it on the podcast. That's insane. That's I can't think of a better deal. That's the best trade deal in the history of trade deals. So check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time.